Hey guys, uh, I'm going to be doing just a solo pod here. Herman is uh, still on the mend, but uh, hopefully he'll be back on the mic soon. But I thought it'd be fun this week to just talk about uh, this new work that we're doing. We're basically building a new website, and uh, it's the first time I've worked on a greenfield project of my own, me and Ryan, um, for ourselves, you know, where we're the stakeholders and the engineers and designers and everything in a while. And so thinking about when we built Embermap five or six years ago and kind of what we knew then and what we know now, it's been fun to just see the differences, see what we've learned um, more on the product side and the business side than engineering. And so uh, just wanted to share some of the thought process and things we've been doing as we've been starting this new site. Um, so first thing is, you know, when we started Embermap back in 2015, we didn't really have any contacts or friends in the business world. We didn't understand a lot about marketing or just, you know, launching a business strategies. We did what most engineers do, which is engineers, you know, engineers are going to engineer and that's kind of what we did. We, I remember taking a long time to build the site. We were kind of working on our initial content, but we went right into building our own site from scratch. And, you know, it wasn't like a crazy big project that like ballooned or anything, but it was definitely, uh, we, we over rotated on how much time we spent on that side and, uh, you know, under invested on how much time we spent kind of generating uh, buzz and word of mouth, getting people to even know what it was, what we're building. Um, we had like a landing page where people could sign up to hear about our first few courses and, the only way we really had any any channels for marketing was like our Twitter and um, like the meetups we were going to at the time in the, in the Ember community. So this time around, we wanted to make sure we did better on that side because that's definitely an important part. I mean, I think I've learned from multiple people that, you, you know, you can mess up certain aspects of, of your product. But if you have a big audience that already trusts you and, and likes what you have to say and wants more that's going to be a better spot to be in than having a perfect product or a perfect video course that nobody knows about. So you definitely want to balance those things and your product quality needs to deliver on what your marketing materials are kind of advertising. Otherwise, that's not going to work, but you do have to have those marketing materials out there. So this time around, we wanted to focus on making sure we had enough of an audience before starting something like this because, you know, starting a new business effectively um, a new website, a new product is, is a big undertaking. And so for the last two years, I guess we started the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, like during the pandemic, I was publishing pretty regularly. Then I stopped for a while and I started up again more, more recently this year. And so I have about 12,000 subscribers on YouTube right now. It felt like once we got to 10,000, that was like a pretty good amount where, okay, let's see if this could be uh, a good channel for getting our our products out there if we have new products. And, um, you know, same with Twitter growing kind of uh, over that time period. And uh, so, so that's kind of been in terms of setting the stage. Now, for actually building it, I think thinking through how we've done the last two weeks and what we have so far, and, and we have this kind of date of like September 30th of having the site up and being able to sell subscriptions. Basically, we want to be able to charge customers for premium content. That's kind of our goal. And we made that decision basically two weeks ago. So that's about a six-week 
time frame. So when it comes to like the product development stuff that we've learned, again, a lot of it has come from friends like Adam Wathen, Taylor Otwell, and folks that I met in, in microconf community who have the small businesses of their own. And also um, the shape up stuff from Ryan Singer and the folks at Basecamp have had a big impact on how we approach both work like this on our own, our own projects, and how we think about the consulting work we do. So uh, I think five or six years ago, we would have started with building like the site that we wanted. And we wouldn't have thought much more about like, okay, what do we want it to do at the beginning? And we know we would think like, we know we need user accounts. We know we need to hook up with Stripe. We know we need a database. So we'd kind of start building that out. And if you were to just look at like a time lapse of like the four months or whatever that we built the first site four, five, six months, you know, it's just kind of setting things up, getting things working piece by piece. And now uh, the way we think about things is, is more in user flows. So if you've never heard of ShapeUp before, it, again, it had a really big impact on how we think about product development. But the basic idea which is also maybe kind of related to this idea of like a, an MVP or a minimum lovable slice, but it's a, it's a specific interpretation of it, is instead of focusing on you know setting up a database and Stripe and, and authentication, you think about the user flows. So everything that you're doing when building a product or adding a feature is tied to the user outcome. So in, in our case, we have this new subscription site, right? And we have EmberMap as a reference. We have all these features it does you know, it has user account management and settings. It has team subscriptions and you can you can join a team. The team can have an admin. All these different things in addition to the videos and the topics and the series that we have, being able to watch a video and mark it off as watched, all those things. But we gave ourselves this six-week window and, and the six weeks actually also comes from shape up. It's kind of like they say, it's like this magic number and it's just the right amount of time to ship something significant, but still short enough that after the six weeks, you can kind of react uh, to anything you learn and adjust kind of accordingly. So it's basically when we're starting this thing, we're like, what are the absolute minimum flows we need? And so you can literally say, okay, I'm a person who is hearing about Build UI for the first time. I click the website and I wanna watch one of their free videos on the site. So that, that's it. That's a flow. There's no technical language in that user flow. There's nothing about what database we're using or whether we're using Next or Remix or, or, or anything like that. It's just the flow um, that the user needs to complete. And so that's kind of like the first flow that we wanted to take on. So we built the site and, and instead of doing all these different pieces, we just focus on, okay, the homepage is going to show this. It's going to have a free video that someone can click and start watching. And that's driving all of the other decisions that we make. But we're always thinking in terms of that flow. So we built that flow completely end to end. And then we go on to the next one. And uh, the next one might be, uh, you know, I get to a premium video that's like an exclusive to build UI. And I want to subscribe so that I can watch it. And that's what's going to drive, you know, the Stripe integration and it already has driven the Stripe integration, but we didn't add Stripe until that time because the first user flow didn't need it. So 
I've just uh, kind of reflecting again in the last two weeks, we've gotten a lot done here and uh, we still have four weeks left kind of in this, this first little cycle. So uh, it's really helpful in breaking down, especially a greenfield project where there's so many ways you could go into these user flows. And it just helps even in the back of your head, you kind of know what this is going to end up looking like. But for now, for this next day or two, we're going to focus on this flow. And uh, it just, it's been very, very helpful uh, to kind of weed out the other distractions. So um, we're also going to get some design help on the site. So right now we're doing it ourselves. And if we end up doing it ourselves, it might be what we do. Like there's a, there's a world where what we ship on September 30th is just the designs that we came up with. With Ember Map, we never got like a professional designer, but it was still, you know, a somewhat successful business. Uh, and I don't think design was any reason why, you know, we ended up kind of putting it on like, on like an autopilot. It was more because of like the market and, and it was more of a market risk as opposed to like design or the content. So if we had to do our own design, I think it would be just fine. But, um, we do have an opportunity to work with a designer and so there's kind of this, there's almost like this tension now where we want to build these flows one at a time. It's a really good way to build it, but we know which flows we want to support by September 30th, right? There's like, we want to get to where you can watch a free video, a premium video. You have the perks that are associated with being a member. That's kind of like the bar we want to hit. And then we'll have additional uh, flows that if we have time for, if we have capacity before the six weeks, we'll just start working on those. That's one nice thing about breaking up your work into flows is that you kind of have this line, let's say after the first four flows that are like the absolute minimum you would ever ship with. But then you have like the next highest priority flows in order and you can just take on the next one as you have capacity. And again, this is, it might sound like something like a Trello or a Jira board where you have tasks and a backlog that you move through. But uh, I just think it's, I'm just stressing that it's a user flow because Again, both in projects we've worked on and with teams we've seen, a lot of those kinds of tasks in that kind of um, uh, Jira Trello board setup end up being technical things that aren't necessarily directly tied to some user outcome, whereas these are all tied to user outcomes. And anytime you finish with a user outcome, you can kind of like ship the site and then move on. So anyways, that's kind of how we're building it. But then as far as the design goes, you know, we have this chance to have a designer help us work on it. So we want to get them a little bit more than what we have built right now. So we then kind of over the last you know week or so have been thinking forward to what are the user flows that we know we want to have? And then what are the extra ones that we might want to get some additional design help with beyond what might be there right at September 30th? But maybe we'll have some extra screens or elements that we could use as we move on to the next user flows. And uh, one trick that I kind of picked up here was a good way to organize this is by URL. So I have this document here that we use to help us organize uh, this launch. And we have basically all the URLs that need to exist. And uh, each URL has all of the elements. We usually call them like pancakes because it's just like, uh, I think that's what we call them at TED, where 
each you know section of like a marketing page or even just any UI that's like scrollable is just like a, a stack of pancakes, like each pancake. So you have like the hero pancake and then you have like the featured series pancake and then you have the subscribe now pancake that talks about the benefits. And so it's just a really kind of coarse enough way to break up the work that we can figure out, okay, for each URL, what are the different pancakes, you know, the different elements um, of each pancake and what's kind of like the main call to action for each one? Like, why does this section exist? And what is the goal of the section? And then basically, is there a call to action? So the pancake, for example, on the featured series, which is going to be where we're putting our frame or motion recipes videos, which originally was going to be a standalone course, now is going to be you know a featured section on the homepage. And the call to action there, I want people to click on a video thumbnail and watch a video. That's like the main reason this site exists. That's like what most people are going to want to do when they come here. And so that should be like the one focus of this section is like show off the videos in the series, give a little bit of information about them, and then click on one of them to go to a video page and watch it. Some sections won't have necessarily a call to action, right? Because it's a new site and people might not really know about us. They might be hearing about us for the first time. So when they come, uh, there's going to be a section about, you know, who we are. And the purpose of that section might just be to inform and share some resources, uh, things around the internet that we've done in the past, like our podcast or my Tailwind series on Egghead and things like that. So the purpose there is kind of like establishing authority, informing the user of our teaching experience, you know, and um, building some credibility there. So there's not really a direct call to action in the sense that we want you to click here to create an account or something like that. But it's still good. I found it very helpful to just think in terms of these sections. So this document, basically we have, let's see, we have the home page, We have a free video page. Um, and like the free video page is like, has a video section where the kind of the call to action is to watch it. We have like a title description summary section. We have like a sidebar section. The purpose there is to show you kind of what is next in the series or what other videos are available. And then we have like a video extras pancake or section where you can see the source code for the video. And if you found the video helpful, you can share it with somebody else. So that's kind of like a four bullet point list under the free video URL. Uh, the homepage has like six different uh, sections to it. Then we have a paid video screen. And um, that's mostly the same as the video screen, except at the bottom, you know, the, the video itself is going to say either sign in if you're already a member or uh, this is a premium video. Click here to join Build UI. And we'll have a pancake section at the bottom of this page that talks about becoming a member, what the benefits are, and then the call to action there would be to sign up which would take you to the Stripe checkout. We also have like the Stripe checkout, which is a pretty cool thing that didn't exist. This is just like another technical thing, but Stripe has really gotten really, really good over the last five, six years. And so much of the code we wrote for changing users' credit cards and their billing address and seeing invoices uh, of their subscription receipts all that stuff is built into Stripe now with this uh, customer portal. And the checkout is also 
a product that didn't exist, Stripe Checkout, which is like a hosted checkout flow. And it takes care of all the error cases, error handling. It sends you back to your website with a with a like a customer ID that you can use to sign to link it with your own database and give them access. It's been very pleasant building with this so far, and uh, so we're pretty excited about that. So that's the home page, the free video page, the paid video page, the checkout, and then we have like a finish setting up URL. Once you come back from the checkout, you set your password, then you have an account. We're also going to have a support page that lets you contact us if you're running into issues um, and some FAQs. And then like a sign-in modal and a user account drop-down that you can use to change your settings and sign out and stuff. So we kind of got all, you basically backed out all of these URLs from the user flows that we wanted to build by uh, the 30th. And yeah, I'm just really happy with this kind of condensed um, form of the site, the MVP. And writing out the interface is really helpful too. You know, we it's, all, it's always fun to start with just diving into code. And we did that a little bit just to get a feel for things. And it, and it helped us think about it because it's always helpful to just have something tangible and see the thumbnails up, see the hero and like put yourself in the shoes of a visitor and what they want to learn. But once we kind of gained some context from just experimenting around, looking at Amber Maps, seeing what we wanted to bring over and what we're trying to accomplish with this first version of the site, going to a note where we can just write this out uh, is extremely helpful to organize our thinking and get it all out of our heads. And now we have this document we can share with the designer and talk to him about uh, what we're building. We'll be able to show the prototype that we have. It's not really a prototype. It's, I guess it's a working version that's that we're going to be iterating on. And um, yeah, I'm just feeling much more um, confident about our ability to build all this stuff within the time that we've given ourselves as opposed to last time. So yeah, that's kind of... Uh, what I wanted to share on the product side. Um, the marketing side is still definitely like the hardest for me personally. It's not something that necessarily comes naturally to me, but I think the biggest lesson I've learned there is just to try to avoid perfectionism, try to put stuff out there. And, you know, you have things you want to share. You have people who have already said they've benefited a lot from your work. And so, you know, we believe we have a lot to teach and a lot more things we want to share with people about all of our experience and lessons we've learned from doing front-end development for so long. Um, and so from that perspective, it's like, it's almost like we have this duty, right? We have this duty to share these things because we feel like we can really save people time, help them be more successful as developers and help their teams build products that, you know, ultimately help their users even better. And so, um, Again, it's not necessarily something that comes naturally to me, but what I've found works best for me is to just get on a cadence and a rhythm. The weekly YouTubes are a way to do that. Tweeting whenever I have something interesting come up, something, you know, one way we think about this is like, I'm not really good at this, but there's some times where, I, where I'm better at it. And I think when I'm doing my best is when I learn something interesting, I code something that is like makes me think, oh, that was really cool how that worked, or I'm happy with this little refactoring I did. If Ryan was in the office and I would turn to him to like show him something, that's like a moment that is like a, a, just a kernel of some interesting uh, interesting thing that I would want to talk to him about. 
at that point I could just turn to Twitter and share it there or write it down as an idea for a video. And that's kind of how I am trying to do marketing in this more iterative way. Try not to do anything too big because it's easy for those big projects to just feel overwhelming to me and then for them just not to happen. And uh, along those same lines, when we launch the site, once we're ready, we're just going to turn it on. And we might even turn it on before. Um, before it's like completely done with all the flows we want when we actually launch kind of like a soft launch. And again, just to embrace this mentality of like, this is never going to be done. It's always going to be stuff that we work on and it's going to change as soon as people start using it. So let's get something real out there. Something that is in contact with the real world. Cause that's when you learn all this valuable feedback. And so, uh, I, this is all again, making me feel much more, not only motivated, but it's like you can feel the momentum because we've chopped it up enough into these small, but significant slices that every time we finish one of them, we can just turn it on and use it in the actual web browser and see something valuable to someone. And I think that's a really important part of product development, especially with new products where there's so many unknowns, just in terms of helping surface the things that are unknown and um, keeping the work moving at a good cadence. So yeah, I'm uh, really excited about how this project's going and maybe next time I'll be able to talk about uh, how it's going with the designer if we, uh, if that all goes as we hope it will. And you know, that's another aspect of the work that we didn't really do uh, last time around, just because we were just starting out, it was just us two. We didn't really have some of the connections that we have now and resources that we have now. And so, uh, that's going to be kind of a new thing for us as well, but it feels like we're starting off on a great foot. I'm super excited, uh, about this site, getting it up and finally being able to share it with the world here in about four more weeks. So, uh, yeah, those are just some thoughts that I've had about the last uh, week or two of working on this. Uh, but that's all I got for you today. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next week. Bye.